Welcome to Season 2 of the Connect FCS Ed Podcast. Each episode is geared towards recruiting, supporting, and retaining past, current, and future professional, family, and consumer sciences educators. I am your host, Barbara Scully, and I want to boldly celebrate families and careers with you. Hi, and welcome back to the Connect FCS Ed Podcast. I am your host, Barb Scully. Welcome to episode 98. Wow. 98 episodes in a two-year span. Who knew we could accomplish and cover so much in really two years? Hard to believe. Before we dive into today's episode, I just want to say thank you for joining me on this Family and Consumer Sciences podcast journey. We could not have been successful without you. Your listenership, always in communication with me, sharing what you, the audience, wants to listen to and learn about. So truly, thank you. You are an inspiration to me. So this is our last episode for season two. And I know all good things must come to an end at some point, but I have to say, I have to put a halt for season two, and we will start back up in the fall when we come back to school, raring to go. We have a lot of good stuff in the pipeline, but I am first a mom, and I am going to have a graduation here pretty soon within the next couple of weeks where my daughter will be graduating from high school. So that is the reason why I'm not going to be able to continue through June providing you amazing professional development resources. What I love most about family and consumer sciences education is that family is put first. So there's no guilt on my shoulders. (laughs) When I can say I need to put this podcast on pause because I want to be a mom and I want to relish in all of the experiences that is coming up for myself, but also my family. So as we start winding down our classrooms leading into summer, do you have some major trips planned for this summer for you and your family? Do you have some stuff that you're looking forward to? If you don't, you need to find something that excites you. Or maybe you need something that, you know what, I need to just relax and I just need to enjoy this moment that I have right now. Breathe. Have you been a brand new teacher this year who, in coming out of this COVID experience, maybe that's where you're going, whoa, put on the brakes. I need to reevaluate. We have gone through a lot. And with that, I really hope that this summer you are able to be excited, get rejuvenated going into the fall for a new school year, but most importantly, take care of yourself. And in order to take care of yourself, there are processes and systems that need to take place before you wind down, which is why I am excited to be able to bring on Kristen Masek, who is a CTE expert. So Kristen and I, we follow one another on each other's social media platforms, and 
Kristen just shares so much good knowledge. And it's for all CTE, career and technical education educators who, like me, I focus primarily on family and consumer sciences. But Kristen, she focuses on CTE as the broad. And things that she, I would consider her an expert in is she really hones in on a number of ways to recruit for your program by promoting and showcasing your students on social media. Three mistakes that teacher interviewers make and how to avoid them. Three simple ways to keep your classroom organized in under 10 minutes. And the topic of this podcast episode, our final episode for season two, is enjoying a guilt free summer by doing these three things before the school year ends. So, about Kristen, she is a middle school administrator and former high school engineering teacher turned CTE strategist. She has helped career and technical educators improve their teaching practices with principals from education and industry so that they can stay in the classroom and impact our future workforce. So I'm really excited to bring on Kristen and share her three golden tips. And don't be afraid to follow and like and subscribe on all of our social media platforms because that is how our podcasts and all of our social media stuff continues to drive forward. It's all about those analytics and algorithms, right? It's data. And as teachers, we love data. (laughs) So without further ado, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining. Happy learning. Hi, Kristen. Thank you so much for joining. I am so excited to be here to finally like meet you. I know. Yeah. So for listeners, Kristen and I, we, <laughs> we follow each other on Instagram and that's been a lot of fun. And I've learned a whole lot from you when it comes to all of your social media hacks that you do on Instagram, but it's just, it's finally, it's really exciting to actually meet you in person. <laughs> I know. I, I feel the same way. It's, it's kind of like, Oh, like, we're real. <laughs> I know it is. We're real people and we have real lives, but yeah, but we all have this one thing in common that we're su- super passionate about career and technical education. Me, yes, CTE, but also that family and consumer sciences. And you, Kristen, are you are focused heavily on this whole CTE umbrella. Yes, I'm really wanting to help out CTE teachers as a whole. I feel like sometimes in my experience as a teacher and now as an administrator is that sometimes we don't have as much support as we need. And that's what I love about your podcast too, is that you focus so much on continuing to support and connect and really help FCS teachers. Uh, Thank you so much. Yeah, no, I... I I just see myself as a medium of bringing all of these resources, excellent resources that we have at our fingertips. And sometimes we need to just listen and listen to the person actually talk it out and, and then figure out, oh, I can, I can insert that into whatever it is that, that I'm doing at that particular time. It's that just in, just in time learning. (laughs) Yes, exactly. 
<laughs> no, I, I love it. And so, no, I, it's, it is a honor to be a voice um, when it comes to, you know, bridging all of these connections with CTE and family and consumer sciences. Um, and I'm just, I'm looking forward to, yeah, the future and everything that it brings when it comes to podcasting and, I don't know, other professional endeavors because, hey, the sky, <laughs> the sky is the limit, right? Right, exactly. And there's, there's so much opportunity right now with us. And yeah, everything there really awesome. is. Well, so you have some excellent tips that you are wanting to share with all of us. And when it comes to these tips, it has everything to do <laughs> with the end of the school year in preparation for leaving the classroom. And I'm not talking about you're done, but leaving the classroom to enjoy your summer. And oh my gosh, it's, it's so far away, but so close. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the paper chain going down right now. <laughs> yes. So. I think my principal just announced that we had 37 days left. <laughs> That's always something to look forward to. I know at the end of the year too, I feel like I get a sudden burst of energy. Like I'm really tired because the school year is ending, but I get really excited about next year. So that's why this is like a great time to get excited, get some stuff off your plate while you're still at the school. You're still in your contract hours. You're not worrying about like what you're doing over the summer and just get some stuff done now. Um, so I've got like three tips and my very first one is to declutter. And you've got a few different ways that you can declutter. So there's decluttering stuff. You may have accumulated some projects that students have done this year, and you may want to save a few, but my biggest recommendation would be look at the classes that you are going to be teaching next year and declutter any resources that you are using for classes that you won't be teaching next year. Most things you can find online, you can find digital copies of things. So there is no reason to cart around different paper resources, different examples from students that you couldn't just take a picture of because you don't know when you'll be teaching that again and technology could change. Maybe you're teaching more of it online. Maybe there's, you find a different strategy. You go to a conference and you learn how they're teaching this concept and you decide to switch it up. So that would be my my number one thing is declutter what you have right now to get ready for next year and kind of like free yourself from this past year and those resources. Oh, well, you are speaking to my heart right now because just, just today, my, my upstairs neighbor at school, he came down and he was looking around. He's like, oh, your room is so clean. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, my friend you're just not looking in the right places. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's no joke when it comes to decluttering. I do have a lot of paper assignments and paper projects from, from my interior design classes. And yeah, there's going to be some stuff that I will carry on because I already know that next year I will be teaching interior design one and two again. Uh, 
but I really just want, I want to showcase, you know, those really excellent student examples for students to aim for, for next year. Yes. And I love, love examples, but I used to joke when I first started teaching, I taught drafting. So I actually have an interior design background, taught drafting, and I had a drafting museum. Like the previous teacher had retired and there were things that he had inherited from architecture firms that were no longer needed like 20 years ago. And so we spent a lot of time clearing out that clutter. So I never wanted to be that teacher that left like things that were completely obsolete. No, I, I understand that. And I'm thinking about all of those same things as well, just because I, we're possibly going to be getting another portable and that would be a CTE portable. And not to say that, oh, it's CTE uh, where, you know, our curriculum or a foods lab or anything like that is going to go in there. No, it will just be, it will be deemed for two CTE teachers. Uh, And there's the possibility that I might be out there. So I need to heavily declutter and reorganize so I don't know, somehow I'm going to have to bring the, the ladies from the home edition to come on, <laughs> to come to my school and, and help me out. <laughs> oh, well, that's a fun adventure. All right. <laughs> so then my second tip is to look at your current routines and systems that you're using. So whether it's how t- students are turning in their work or what you are doing for your cleanup and seeing like what works and what doesn't work. Because right now it's a good time to take a step back while you still have students and see what needs tweaking for next year and make notes of those now. And you don't need to restructure those over the summer, but taking notes of those now will actually help you remember what it's truly like rather than kind of having this like honeymoon phase at the end beginning of next school year and like, oh yeah, that worked really well when really it didn't. Um, You can also ask your students too, if there was, if there's any suggestions that they might have, if there's things that they might change when it comes to some systems, maybe you're checking to see if there's certain supplies that are constant being constantly being left out. Like the scissors are never being put away. So you'll want to come up with some sort of solution for scissors next year. So this is an opportune time to do that. And I, the key is, is that you still have students so you can still like observe how those are functioning and what needs to change. Yes. I, I see that now. And I recognize like the things like what you're mentioning, like scissors, what things are being left out all the time. And maybe, maybe I don't have scissors out uh, on my table bins. Um, My, my classroom, my students are, are set up in clusters. So pods, pods of four, and I have a basket in the middle and we don't do that much when it comes to scissors. So I end up finding like students have cut up things and instead and it's like maybe maybe we don't have scissors out next year is that hopefully that would take away from the destruction of the communal properties um but yeah no i i really i i value that insight right now because yeah as we're in the classroom we are seeing what is being used how it's being used and making, making those subtle changes. 
um, something that I'm going to be actually releasing next week for my students is I do a end of the trimester survey, seeing what went well and what didn't and what did they think and also just a couple of questions and, and then that general uh, general survey of were you just put in this class or for that CTE uh, credit or did you want to be in the class. Uh, so I have that survey, but I'm going to tailor it more for that mid trimester uh, survey because, yeah, I want to get that student feedback because we could only become better. Yeah. And our students are our stakeholders. So. Exactly. And I'd even add to that. I've done surveys before too. And there's a question like, I really wish this class would have, and then blank. And so then it kind of takes that like personally, like personalization out of it. So it's not like it's pointed, like they don't like you as a teacher, they don't like your class, but they give their suggestions very freely. Yes. No, I, I am all about that more personalized learning experience uh, because again, I see it only as areas of improvement. And then later on by, I guess, modifying for those uh, with those suggestions, maybe at the end of it, I'm going to have a bigger turnout for when students register for my classes because they're like, oh, she cares. She cares about what we have to say. And that gives them a more invested buy-in. Perfect. I love that because I talk a lot about recruiting and retention of students because that is something that we deal with with CTE that no one, I mean, other electives have to deal with it too, but your English language arts and your math, they, they don't have to worry about that as the year progresses as well. But that is something that's super key um, for us as CTE teachers to really like tap into those relationships so that students will want to take our classes. Absolutely. No, but I, and just like you, I'm really big into that same recruitment and retainment. It's, I think it's, an, it's, it's imperative for the longevity of all of our classes. Uh, even when I go in as a, a cover for another teacher, I'm always bringing in, I have little paper cutouts of so my, my facts team, my family consumer sciences team, I've created on Canva, just kind of a, like each of our pictures and then what we teach and I leave it on, I, I pass it out to all of my, all of their students <laughs> and going, Hey, if you like any of these classes, sign up. And, and I'm really big into that, like a couple of weeks prior to the registration just kind of making them think and showing them pictures and yeah, really big into that recruitment piece. So I would say think about chew on that uh, listeners, go into <laughs> Canva and <laughs> create yourself a little infographic that you can print out and leave, leave in at desks of students of who might be interested. Well, I love what you were saying there too, because you're doing that now well, or before registration, but you could be doing that now. Like that's something else that mm -hmm. you could be, maybe you've got a little bit of downtime while students are working on projects, or maybe you're not so heavy in your grading. Like think about what you could be doing next year for your recruitment so that it's ongoing and not just like right at the end when everybody's hitting them with registration. So you're just kind of like, you're always having that like constant presence 
so that and the, the community knows about you, not just the students. Yes. Oh, I, how much I wish I could go out and have a bigger emphasis with our community, have that actual relationship. But unfortunately, in my school, we just we don't have a whole bit. We don't have a, a huge community involvement. We have community involvement when it comes to our partnerships, our business partnerships. Um, but it just it just doesn't seem like we have a big you know, when it comes to families, that family involvement. So that's something that we struggle with there. But if I'm able to have that relationship with students in a, a healthy, a healthy way, <laughs> then I think the better off our programs will be. So go out there and yeah, always, always be thinking about who can always be thinking about who's going to replace you because you never know who is, who might be inspired by you to want to become a teacher. Exactly. So what is your third tip? Okay. So my third tip is to map out next year from a large, like bird's eye view, and you're going to do it for each of your courses that you're taking, because you want to have an idea of the units you're going to be teaching, but then you also want to schedule, like decide how long you want to spend on each of those units. Then the really critical part is you're going to then compare that to calendars. So you're going to look at your school calendar and do you have a fall break or different holidays and where does that land? Because you don't necessarily want to have like one day be after the break of your unit, you want to have them all before the break. And then you want to look at it too, when you're calendaring it, comparing it, all your classes to one another, because you want to save yourself time. And if you end up having a whole bunch of projects or a unit ending all on the same day, then that could mean that there's a lot of work for you on one particular day. So try to spread it out. So you're really like being intentional about when you're planning and scheduling things so that next year, when you're in the thick of planning and doing your teaching and you've got your lessons and your activities and you're going shopping so that you make sure that you have your food for your kitchens and all of that, you're not worried about whether or not you assigned 12 different projects to all be due on the day before homecoming. So you're really like thinking about that. It's a great way to think about that now. And I think that's the key thing is you think about it now and then you don't have to think about it over the summer at all. Like you already did the legwork. You come back in August and that's when you can plan your actual lessons. So you get all that done and you just, you just enjoy your summer. <laughs> yes. Well, and that's also, and I love what you say when it comes to planning your calendar and everything like that. And something that what my team, what we do, we sit down together, all five of us, even though we teach different subjects, there is a little bit of crossover, but there's not much, but we do, we do a huge backwards planning session and we have our trimester calendars and our calendars from previous years that, you know, we, that we've done. And we do a comparison. And just like you said, we're looking at 
when does Halloween fall? <laughs> when <laughs> does Thanksgiving fall? Where is the trimester uh, break for going into trimester two? We're looking at all of those things ahead of time, but then we backwards plan with our final unit starting and then so forth. It goes backwards. Um, so that's, I, I love, I love that strategy. I love your strategy. I love my strategy that I do with my, with my teammates. And I think, yeah, just planning ahead of time. So that way you have that fresh perspective when you come back to school, just like you said, in August, you're able to, you know, hit the ground running. Well, and then you don't worry about whether or not you are going to finish or go over all your content, especially with the backward design that you guys do. And I do something similar as well, is that there's no stress on, oh, am I spending too much or too little on, on this particular standard? Because you already know that you have adequately planned the time and you're good. You just keep moving along. Yes. And that's, that's all we can do. <laughs> Just keep trucking along, right? <laughs> so I guess when it comes to summer, do you have any suggestions besides what the tips that you just shared? Well, how does have, one, oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, I have made a big mistake before um, and it was planning too much. Like I had decided I'd been given a new course. And so I decided I am going to really spend this summer and I am going to get everything, not just mapped out, but I'm going to get lesson plans. I'm going to come up with all of my structures. I'm going to print a bunch of things and make booklets and do all of this. And I used the whole summer. Like I worked every single day. It was before I had kids and I spent so much time and then school started and I didn't use any of it. And so I really learned from that, that I just had put in so much time and effort and wasted my whole summer. Then I think I even went to like some PD or something like right in August, September and switched the whole entire thing. And maybe had I been thinking more broad and not being so specific that I wouldn't have wasted so much time. Yeah. So I think a lot of us have done something similar. I know I have. And, but that also brings up where don't feel guilty for not working over the summer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's something that I last year as after, you know, two long, hard years of COVID last summer, I, I checked out and I checked out really good. I, I'm, I'm proud of myself because I'm not somebody who checks out like that, but I just, I was in the moment with my family. I was in the moment of just being present. And I want for all of our educators to feel like they can go into this summer that this year was hard but we were, we've all been successful. We've all been successful in so many different areas. Don't focus on maybe one thing that you didn't do right. <laughs> and that, oh, I'm going to do better. So I'm going to focus and like what, 
what you did, you know, focus hard, going deep and being specific to where you're burnt out before school even starts. Because I know I've personally done that. Yeah. So. When, when you have the summer, like we're given a summer and we need it. And this year I'm imagining you're going to need it again. I'm going to need it again. And we shouldn't have to choose between like being an effective teacher and also being an effective like person outside of school. And whether it's like a mother or a parent, like we don't need to make that choice we can enjoy our summer. We can really live in those moments, experience those things with our kids so that we don't feel like guilt that on either way, guilt for maybe not planning the whole summer as a teacher, but also guilt as then like missing out on these key things about our kids growing up. Yes. A hundred percent. Nothing else needs to be said. Just <laughs> plan, organize, get yourself geared up, get yourself hyped up for your summer break, but also do that, be strategize as you're winding down for the summer. So that way you can be present with your loved ones and be able to travel, do something. I guess I, I came across a study uh, not that long ago that this is a peer-reviewed article as well, that teachers, on average, they work 60 hours a week. And boy, when I read that, I, I put my, the, my paper down, and I'm like, yep, that I, I believe that is, I can't argue with that. I probably, I probably put in a few more hours than just the 60 from certain times of the year, but uh, that, uh, that really stood out to me. And so for all of us, as we are winding down for the school year, please take care of yourselves because without you, we don't have an effective program without you. Our students are missing out on experiencing your teaching. So please take care of yourselves. Be kind to yourselves. It's been a hard year, but again, you've been successful. And you should be so proud of the work that you have put in to your students, your programs, your colleagues, and your district. Nobody could take that away from you. And by the way, I'm proud of you. <laughs> so my friends, thank you so much for joining and listening. And I hope that you have a wonderful summer break. And Kristen, how can people get in touch with you if they want to reach out? So I hang out the most on Instagram. That's where you and I met. Um, so it's at Kristen Masick and it's K-H. And usually if you just put in K-H-R-I-S, I'm going to be with the one who pops up. So that's where I'm the most. So that's the easiest way to get a hold of me or contact me. And I've got some tips there that I always share for CTE teachers to help support you in your career and your teaching. Yes. And she's got a great podcast herself. You should check it out. Would you like to give a plug? Sure. It's called the on your prep podcast. 
um, hopefully that you have a prep. But once again, it's geared towards CTE teachers. Same ideas of giving tips of sustainability and really making it productive for you as a CTE teacher who is probably teaching multiple preps, how to still get things done school day, leave when your contract hours are are done so that you can still experience life. Leave at contract hours. (laughs) (laughs) I know we are. We just talked about that with the 60 hours. Yeah. Yeah. We dream, right? <laughs> like we could dream. We could dream. Well, my friends, we're better together. Let's continue leading student success with FCS. Barbara Scully from the Connect FCS Ed podcast presents a fresh take on recruitment and support for today's modern home economics educators in the family and consumer sciences. FCS Classroom. Sharing insightful stories, strategies, and resources in a fun and sustainable and practical way. Each episode focuses on a different aspect of modern home economics. From community engagement, leadership, classroom management, to lessons and more, each episode brings a different perspective, offering expert professional development, interviews from a collaborative worldwide FCS community, with the hope that it will inspire and empower you to make informed decisions. Together, we are better at leading the way to student success with FCS. FCS.